0: make friends, talk to people, reach out to brands, do collaborations um, and don't be afraid to ask for help. You can't do everything alone. And I definitely did not build Adventure Cat Leo as a brand alone. Like I, it took a whole community for it. (laughs) Welcome to the Millennials and Money Podcast. The podcast dedicated to encourage millennials to continue to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week your host and wealth advisor Payne Boyer invites a millennial guest on the show to share their money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show.
1: So this is the week. My guest is Joe Palma. Say, say hello, Joe.
0: Hi everyone. Pleasure to be here.
1: It's a pleasure to have you, Joe. So before I allow you to introduce yourself and tell the audience about what it is you do and what makes you unique, I'd like to share how you and I initially met and how we know each other. So Joe, it's, it, it's been about six months since we met. We met through a mutual friend, Robert mm-hmm. Fernandez. You were doing a photo shoot for him. Yeah, you're a photographer, and he was, you were in, you were recording our interview. I was interviewing him for his own podcast, and you were recording it. And I was like, man, this guy knows what he's doing. He, you, were, you came in there, you had the lights set up. You wanted to see a run right of the mill uh, video, videographer, I could tell you knew what you are doing. I was like, man, this guy's a master of his craft. And I've always been, Drawn to people who master their craft. I could tell you know, it was more than just a job for you. you know, I could tell you're working in your passion. And from seeing that, I started talking to you to say, hey, man, what is it that you do? You told me about your YouTube channel, and how you got YouTube famous from this cat, Leo. And I was like, man, I gotta learn more about this guy. I gotta have this guy on my show. So that's about as far as you and I go back. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you? Um, you introduce yourself and share with the audience who you are and what it is that you do
0: all right so hi guys my name is joe palma uh by trade i'm a commercial director specializing in product advertising marketing creative storytelling and documentary i've worked with large brands such as sony national Geographic, and uh, panina napa wineries um, and on the side i run a cat themed online store um I raised a celebrity cat and we started doing merchandise and it just started blowing up. And here I am now.
1: That's awesome, man. I think it's so awesome. We're dig into this deeper when we get a chance a little later on the podcast. But I think it's really awesome how you get to combine two of your passions: you know, photographer and this cat that you love so much. But this podcast is all about money. It's about people's money stories. And I find mm-hmm. a lot of times people's overall mindset the, the foundation of their mindset, of course it can be changed, but the cornerstones around their mindset gets put in place at childhood. So let's talk about money for you. What was money like for you and your household growing up?
0: Uh, growing up, I was not wealthy at all. Um, I actually grew up pretty homeless. So I was born in the Philippines in 1997. I, it was, I moved to the United States in 2000, raised in Vallejo and my family was homeless, money was really hard for us. Like we lived in garages, we went to homeless shelters and I remember like collecting uh, recyclable bottles and crushing cans on Saturday mornings just to get like extra change. So we had to work really hard and a lot of labor to like scrunch up some cash. And just from that point, like I had to live really like frugal, like And I knew growing up, it's like, hey, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. So, like, I saw myself, like, wanting to adopt an entrepreneurial mindset to, like, not feel that anxiety of wondering if I'm going to eat or if I'm going to live the next day. So, it's just like, okay.
1: (laughs) No, that's huge. You know, I I had no clue. And, like, a lot of times for the listeners out there, I don't know the answer to these questions before I I ask them. So, I'm just as amazed as you guys are by hearing that Joe was once homeless, man. I didn't know you came from the Philippines. You're actually, another, I have another client who came from the Philippines. And he talks about what life was like there growing up and as opposed to what's like here. And, and he's actually a police officer here. And the reason he became a police officer here is because he says, like, the police there are so corrupt. Like, he couldn't imagine hmm. just police. And when he heard about the just police in America, since he's a child, he decided that's what he wanted to do. So what was it like... Back home in the Philippines, what was what was that like? I know you, you moved here we were three years old and you came, but do you have any memories? <laughs> Not
0: that I remember. I don't have any memories of it. Um, like I have photos, but I have no memories. Like I was like three years old, two years old at the time. <laughs> but so, I just remember like just growing up in the hood in Vallejo.
1: <laughs> so so what was what was the the driving force for your parents leaving the Philippines to come here to and essentially be homeless but they still decided to come here do you know what the reason behind that decision was
0: essentially it's it was the american dream and just we want my family wanted to come here for more opportunity because yeah in the philippines it's incredibly different like there's more opportunity here and they wanted to start a family with like things that they couldn't have in the philippines
1: so, so from your humble beginnings, being being in the hood in Vallejo, and Vallejo's a tough town, you know. I got a lot of friends and family out there. It, it, the hood in Vallejo is, is the hood. So being there, growing up there in the hood in Vallejo, and <laughs> uh, what and what was by anyone's definition is in poverty. What has what have you learned from that situation? To what have you taken from what you learned back then into adulthood as you became more independent and on your own? What are some things you've learned from? the situation you've run
0: out. What I've learned is that you really got to put in the work. You really got to put in the hours. Like you have to work hard and work smart to get what you want. Like th- some people don't have the resources. Some people don't like have like opportunities as others. So like you need to work extra hard to get, obtain those opportunities to obtain those like resources.
1: And I think that's one and of the- You bits- got to put yourself
0: at the opportunity to like do things.
1: I think that's one thing that's huge about growing up here in America. You know, we take so much for granted, the opportunities that we have. You know, my wife is from Mexico. I have a couple clients from India, some clients from the Philippines, and I hear about what it's like for them, where they come from, and why they come in. They come in, they're on fire. Because even if they come in, not even able to speak English, they come in, they see the opportunity, and a lot of them are business owners, a lot of them are entrepreneurs, and they, and they say, man, there's an opportunity. I got to take advantage of it. Nobody's gonna do it for me, and I, it sounds like you—you you learned that at a young age from seeing how it was you were growing up. Like, you know what? I gotta make this happen. I gotta I gotta be an entrepreneur. You gotta make it happen. Did I summarize that correct? Yeah. Okay, man. So, so before we dive a little deeper, you gotta talk to me about Leo. Leo, <laughs> how'd you how'd you two meet? And first of all, <laughs> tell the audience who Leo is.
0: So, Leo. Leo is my adventure cat that term is used to describe cats who are trained to walk on leashes to travel to go in like cat backpacks go on hikes and essentially behave like dogs like you go on like outdoor excursions and all that, and it, it that's really popular like on Instagram on in on the internet so um, the way I trained him well I'll, I'll go back like I found him when he was essentially like weeks old i i was told that he was two weeks old when i found him i was walking my dog one weekend and in the middle of the field i just see this tiny kitten and i'm just like holy shit he looks like he's about to die or he's already dead so like i picked him up and went straight to like the pet store i bought a bunch of things and like i needed to do do everything to like just save this kitten because like he was on the verge of death then i didn't grow up with cats I didn't know how to take care of cats so like I contacted everyone that had a cat or any kind of online resources to like educate myself like how to take care of like this newborn kitten then like absolutely fell in love with this guy then like naturally along the way I started just doing my thing I started taking photos and videos recording his progress and like like him growing up and being healthy and like him like developing his personality and like I made his own like person uh, his own instagram and that just kept on growing and growing it's like oh shoot people like him too
1: <laughs> you know it's a trip it's just so ironic that you find a cat while walking your dog <laughs> you, you and now you now you walk the cat it's just a, just a
0: yeah now i walk the cat
1: <laughs> <laughs> it comes full circle man that's a trip and um, so what, I, I think I've read some of you, like you were kind of in a dark place when you found the cat. He's made it really help you. So talking about what the place that you were in, I, it makes more sense hearing about the background you came from now that I think about those articles I read. But talk to me about that, the place you were in at that point in your life when you found yeah. Leo.
0: So I wasn't in a good place in my life when I found Leo. Um, I was a struggling um videographer, like I was hard to get jobs um, and my personal relationships and like uh, friendships were all like declining like I was really depressed like I wasn't sure what I was doing with my life if I wasn't sure like how to like improve it um, like I had started going to therapy and then like things weren't looking well for me um, like I was just beating myself up just stressing myself out then like I find this guy <laughs> I find this guy <laughs> Um, then like things change like uh, my mind isn't going to a dark place anymore like he's taking all like my, my attention he's essentially distracting me like I'm taking care of him I'm loving this guy because this guy is like absolutely great like as I'm taking him everywhere with me taking him to my um, work to all my film projects to, like to my gym like this guy goes everywhere with me as I was taking care of him I was taking care of myself like, as I was loving him, I was loving myself. Like, it just came back and forth for each other. Like, he needed something for me. He needed like shelter, he needed food, he needed this. He gave me emotional support.
1: No, I think like he was
0: there for me when...
1: I, I I can see the passion in your face you just sharing this with me, man. And it's something you can't fake, you know? It, and it's amazing, you know, it's amazing what pets can do for people. You know, my nephew's autistic. And yeah, uh, uh, we got him a stress cat because he has a lot of anxiety. And this, this stress cat, he's like, he's a little fat cat, just walks around the house, he's all, but this cat like, loves him so much and he can tell when he's freaking out, the cat will come like, and like sense him. Think of me in different rooms, think of me on different floors of the house. And this cat will go sense him and come up there and just calm him down. And it's amazing the bond that humans and pets can have together.
0: Yeah, it's totally amazing. It was a life-changing moment for me.
1: Okay, so before we dive into that a little deeper, you mentioned one thing that I forgot that you and I had in common. It's kind of where, where we kind of really linked up when we started talking about when we first initially met is that you are an active powerlifter. You were a competitive powerlifter. So, so, yes, so, so that is correct. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about how you got started powerlifting and where it eventually took you and what it <laughs> looks like for you now.
0: Okay. Um, in middle school through high school, I was actually anorexic. Um, I was really insecure about my body and like how I wanted to look. I really cared about what other people thought about me, so I started working out. I started like doing everything, like learning about dieting, learning about like health and fitness. But I was like doing it completely wrong. Like I was starving myself. I was only drinking protein shakes. I wasn't eating vegetables. Then it wasn't until I reached out to some of my friends who were like professional bodybuilders or are professional bodybuilders. And they prepped me through a show, so I got into bodybuilding first. I had done a show, and I was like, "Oh my, yeah, this is great!" Like I won my first show. Um, I won first place, expecting to like lose it completely. <laughs> then um, after that show, I was off season, just like just enjoying like eating it once again. Then um, my friends from SoCal were like, "Hey." Hey Jeremy, that's great. Since you're off season, you should try powerlifting. And it was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. So I do my first powerlifting meet in San Diego and I meet this whole community. It's absolutely great. I I think I've done like four meets now, and my last meet was the it was Worlds in Las Vegas. It was like a five-day event. <laughs> and it was just amazing. So like yeah, I I guess I'm pretty strong. <laughs> man, you're, you're
1: you're first of all you're incredibly humble. You are definitely humble, but I've seen your Instagram videos. You're you're incredibly strong as well. And there's it, something about you know you're just a go getter to go from being anorexic to winning a bodybuilding show to going into the, the worlds in powerlifting. It's just a huge transformation, man. That there's got to be something special about you that. What gives you that drive to keep going and keep challenging yourself?
0: I um I think activities are really exciting. I I have this bad habit of like, um, picking up a hobby, doing it hundred and twenty percent, and setting it down and be like, you know, that's good. That's that's enough for me. I'm gonna go on to the next thing now. <laughs> no, I, I know like what you mean. Completely content, just like yeah. I know what you mean with 120% because I'm the same
1: way. I'm I'm someone who's gotta be all in or all out. There's no halfway. It's either I'm completely obsessed with it, I'm all the way in, giving it everything I got. I'm not doing it. Like I don't do things for fun. I do things to, to be the best.
0: <laughs> well, it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun for me. I'm not a competitive person, but I just like doing things with friends.
1: <laughs> Man, so so you're on the other end, but you're you're you win for fun, which is awesome. <laughs>
0: It just so happens that I win.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's got to be a nice place to be. I, oh, yeah, I actually won. That's got to be really nice. <laughs> so let's talk about your other passion, like, which which I want to make sure we touch on today, man. Is your is your passion for photography? So yeah. where did that come from? What's that career like, and where's it taking you?
0: So the way I started was I actually I was actually prepping for powerlifting Uh, my coach wanted me to record my workouts Um, he was like oh yeah sure like he wants to see my performance see how like uh, how my lifts are doing so I could change my technique and all that then I was like this is boring like I don't want to keep sending you raw videos so I started editing them I started putting music over them I started just making it fun (laughs) then eventually like (laughs) um, I was gifted the camera and I just started making like full like edited videos of like me working out with my friends and like um my first like paid gig as like a videographer was uh the gym that I was working out at it. they asked me to do um like a promotion like um commercial to play for like the gym tvs and like their instagram it's like oh shoot this is great i get to get paid for this and like i'm just doing what i normally do great then like from that point on it lets you getting clients in like China to do product advertising. It lets to getting, um, to do like private label stuff. Um, and like working in San Francisco, working in, getting sent out to like Seattle and like traveling for like these videos. Now I'm like, Oh, this is great. What a life.
1: <laughs> hey, what a life is right, man. I- I'm sitting here with a big old smile on my face for those who are listening and can't see big the- to the video, but this is, this is, a I can just see how passionate you are, and how happy you are when you speak. And that makes me happy, man. To be and like you're just falling. You know, the word that comes to mind is blessed, man. You're blessed because these things just you just fall into these things, and it just happens <laughs> for you. You have a you have favor of God on your life, man. The Favor of God. So you know what, man, Joe? You've been able to do what a lot of people dream of doing. You've been able to combine your your passions, three of your passions: powerlifting, photography and your cat, Leo, and transform them into a way to create income. So what has that been like for, like for you and how was how did you go about that process?
0: So to me, all of those things, bodybuilding, photography, and like Leo, they all kind of go hand in hand and then I learned lessons accumulated from those things. So like starting with bodybuilding, I learned how to stay on a diet, I learned discipline, I learned how to put in the work. Time management to setting time for your workout work doing the work inside the gym and like um post workout and applying that same principles of discipline to photography and videography is like I need to put in the time I need to put in the effort and I need to look for the result and that um applying that to photography and videography generated my income and because like I became so business mindset at that time like at that point in my life I was like. I could do the same thing for Leo. So like I built up a following with Leo, I built up a brand. And it's like eventually one day, like one of my followers suggested like, hey, you should do cat merch. And that's like that's from that idea borns the idea of like, hey, I'm going to build an online store.
1: So that that's a perfect and segue.
0: It's been amazing. Yep. <laughs>
1: That's a perfect segue. Let's talk about the brand. Let's talk about Leo's brand, what that is, his YouTube following that's massive. Let's talk about that and just what it
0: is. When I got Leo, I naturally took photos and videos of him and I posted it on Instagram. And just like, I just wanted to show people how cute my cat is. And I, I rescued him. Like, I'm like proud of him. Like, that's my boy right there. And like, those videos I were fun videos for myself and like I would do like cute photo shoots with them like dressed up for Halloween or Christmas or like other holidays and that attention reached to like brands it brands businesses that like wanted to, wanting to sponsor him or have Leo involved in their marketing campaigns so it's like I was auditioning Leo for like for, for photo shoots for he modeled for cat calendars cat toy catalogs um, wineries and like some music videos. It's like, oh shoot, there is an industry or needed for like cat models and cat actors. So like the turning point for us, like how we made it into a consistent income, was those videos I posted on Instagram started to go viral. They just went viral on Instagram. They went viral on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Um, like the first two months on TikTok, we hit fifty thousand followers um uh, when I first started to now like I started with like 2,000 followers on Instagram and now I think we're at like a into 75,000 followers
1: that that is
0: insane then through our like interviews and like videos being (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's amazing like um we recently did a video with uh Dodo going over our story and like how we met like how like things are just like yeah eventually like essentially our origin story that alone garnered like over like 50 million views and having it reposted and like my other like tiktok videos going viral i think all in all with all our like social platforms we probably gathered or collected like 100 million views all together
1: oh my gosh that is huge that's that's insane man and and that's just the cat's brand (laughs) like like that word that that word blessed keeps coming up to me man because you're definitely blessed and (laughs) it's so awesome it's so 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 what is what does income look like off of a youtube channel of views how does how do views turn income for the income for the listener who wants to be the next the next i next social media star
0: so um the way that we coordinated is that I would get a percentage. So I had a contract with Dodo and like, I'll get loyalty views with like the music videos with um, whatever Leo Leo was involved in, Um, I would get like about 20% of that. But essentially what, where my income comes from is actually our merch store. That's the big chunk that I get or that me and Leo get. so we started our merch store June eighth of 2020 um, I opened with three stickers, just three stickers just <laughs> I think I sold them for like four dollars for a single sticker uh, as soon as I opened, I sold out I restocked them, I sold out, created more designs, sold out, then it grew organically to shirts, hats, bags, hoodies, mugs, and in organically grew from just reinvesting the money gained to back into designing and making more products and honestly I didn't even put too much of my own money into it
1: man that's an amazing story that, that, that that's awesome like the brand you built with this cat like it's just amazing what you've done and I'm, I'm so glad you're on the show sharing this with others so, how would you come up with the idea for the merch store? You're like YouTube's not enough. They they create a brand for this chat using merchandise. What was that like?
0: Yeah, so I would go on TikTok or Instagram live stream, and like I would just talk to like my followers. It's like uh, they wanted to see Leo. They wanted to like ask questions. Like, oh yeah. Then I just get this one comment, or like multiple comments. It's like, Joe, you should do like merch. It's like, okay, like I always wanted to do like run sales online and like how fun it would be like packaging orders and all that. It's like, oh yeah, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. And because like I already had built a following, they just supported like anything I did. I'm like, okay, so we'll, we'll start off with stickers. We'll do something small because like I've never done this before. Um, it's super low cost and it, it just did really good. It did amazing. I've sold like that first run like a thousand stickers and they're selling for four dollars each.
1: <laughs> and th- that is awesome, man. That's that's so awesome. Like that's what I love about us as millennials. I think we're so different. The fact that we want to see each other succeed. Like, you went to this community online and said, Hey, I don't know what to do next. And people are willing to help you. Well, not only just willing to help you, but also willing to support you and help you and Leah achieve your goals. So I think that's awesome. And you yeah, like yeah, you're a real product of our generation and the way we're different, the way we want to see support and the way we support each other. So I think it's so awesome to be able to follow your passion and just succeed like this continually.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been a great ride. It's super fun and it's continuing to grow. Um, I'm actually like, I have a studio that I run all the merchant and I'm, I am growing out of it. I am I actually in the transition to moving to LA, so looking for a warehouse and doing my own like videography and um, for, like product fulfillment out there.
1: And That's exciting, man. That's really exciting. So let's um let's let's talk about let's talk about for the for the listeners out there who might want to be that next YouTube star, that next social media star. What would you say? How would you tell them to start, or where should they begin, or what's the process look like?
0: what I would tell them is to do it for yourself first. Do it for yourself. Like one, it's more fulfilling that way. And two, I see too many people do it for fame, do it for like um, to like get something out of it. Like they have like a certain expectation for it. But like if you just do it for fun, if you do it for yourself, you you won't burn out and you'll have so much fun doing it. Um, Another piece of advice is, make friends talk to people reach out to brands do collaborations um and don't be afraid to ask for help you can't do everything alone and i definitely did not build adventure cat leo as a brand alone like i it took a whole community for it
1: (laughs) no no asking for help is huge you know and it's 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 humbling but people out there people want to help people want to be asked for advice like I literally give advice for my job. I'm a financial advisor. It's literally my job. And and there's people like us that who want to, who just want to help people and see them succeed. And it's simple as asking, like you said. It doesn't happen overnight. Another thing you said that really stands out to me that I say to a lot of my clients and listeners have heard me say on this show before is that it's important to find a passion. Don't do it to make money. Don't do it to, to be the next the next mm-hmm. superstar on IG. Find something you're passionate about and then find a way to use that to make money. Like I'm I'm passionate about helping people. That's why I chose this career. Uh, I get paid for it now, and, and but I feel like I'm never at work. I never go to work a day, I, go to, I never go to a day at work. I just wake up and say, who am I gonna help today? And how am I gonna help them? And I'm I'm so fulfilled, like I'm not working. The funny thing is I help people prepare for retirement, but I don't see myself ever wanting to retire. It's it's so funny how that's the way things <laughs> that's the way things work out when you're when you have passion, man. And from mm-hmm. you've just been you've been really blessed, man. To have this passion that you love and to to transform into something that's able to provide for you, coming from where you came from, man. It just shows what God's done, man. Coming from being homeless in in Baleo and in the, in the hood, which is a tough neighborhood, to, to where you are today, having all the support around you. And it's from a cat that you found, man. And being able to travel the globe, have relationships literally <laughs> around the globe. You have yeah. relationships in China, which is amazing, man. So if you had a time machine, let's say you had a time machine and you go back in time 15, 10 years <laughs> ago. And it's it's always to say, it's easy to, to never feel successful, but Joe, let me tell you, by anyone watching this or listening to this, by all means, you're successful. And a lot more successful you are, you are, you're a lot more successful now than you definitely were when you were homeless or when you're coming out of high school or just getting started. So if you had a time machine and could go back in time and talk to your younger Joe, what are some things you tell yourself to keep him going on the right path?
0: Oh, man. I would say a lot of things, first of all. <laughs> like, you, you done messed up a lot of things. <laughs> but... <laughs> But um, it, main thing is don't be so worried about everyone else. Because I, I was always so insecure about what other people thought about me. So it pushed me to do things that I really did not want to do or saw a feature in because I wanted to be accepted by other people. I wanted to be accepted by friends or like my parents' expectations. Like I just wanted to satisfy everyone else but I wasn't satisfying myself. I wasn't fulfilling my own like personal desire or like what I was like longing for, or, like what I actually wanted to do in life. Like I was always ambitious, but like I did not feed my ambition because I was too busy feeding everyone else's expectations of me.
1: I love that answer, man. I really love that answer. It reminds me of what another guest on the show said. He said, "Run your own race. You got to focus on your, running your own race. You don't have to run the race that." Your friends want you to run out. Your friends expect you to run out. What, you get, what your friends will be excited about you running. You got to run the race. They laid right out there for Joe. This race is for Joe Palmer. Focus on that. Don't Keep your, keep your eyes in your own lane. Don't look at their lane. I, I get some people coming mm-hmm. to my office, and they want to invest in stocks just because they heard about what their friend's doing in stocks. And they're just kind of bragging. They want to be able to be in that conversation. But that, that conversation is not going to impact your life when it comes down to, are you? do you think their life's better than yours? Because in most cases it's not. I was just having this conversation with a client just last night telling her like, okay, you want to know more about the stocks because your friends are talking about them. But look at your lifestyle. You're doing a great job saving money, investing money. You have no debt and you have fun. You travel, she travels all the time. What, What do you, do you want to do this just to participate in that conversation? Focus on your own race and what what makes you happy <laughs> and you're gonna be doing great, so man, I really appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing that just to kind of reiterate, if you had a time machine you you go back and tell Joe from the past, "Hey, Joe, don't worry about what they're doing, don't worry about their opinion about you. you're gonna be great, you just focus on yourself, and if you're if you're happy with yourself, then that's all that matters at the end of the
0: day. Mhm, exactly, exactly.
1: Okay, Joe, so we're getting to the end of the show here. Before, before I get to the last question, I know all the listeners want to see Leo. So I'm going to leave some contact information to where they can find a picture of Leo, they can find your YouTube channel, they can find your IG. It'll all be in the show notes, but before we uh, put in the show notes, can you give it all a shout out right now, Joe? Um,
0: yeah, you could definitely find us on Instagram at Leo. And my personal Instagram, if you want to find my videography and my photography work, it's King Palma, K-I-N-G-P-A-L-M-A. Then um, we're also on TikTok, the, at the King Palma. And if you're looking to ask any questions, feel free to email us, go to our DMs, and check out our website, adventurecatleo.com.
1: Okay. Hey, thanks for that, Joe. I'm sure you're, they're going to slide in your DMs here in a bit. But um <laughs> Before uh, before we say goodbye, let's get to the last question. You know, I realize the word financial success can mean different things to different people. It can even mean different things to the same person at different times. So, what financial success to you was was to you when you were homeless is different than what financial success is to you now, where you are today. But we're speaking from today's point in time. So, what does the word financial success mean to you, Joe Palmer, Palmer today, twenty twenty one? And I don't want you to think about a dollar amount. I want you to think about a quality of life. So what does that quality of life look like for you today,
0: Joe? So what financial success means to me is being able to comfortably do what you want to do in life without the financial burden, like being able to pursue your hobbies for fun and not have to worry about like, oh shit, I spent too much time into this. I don't have money for dinner or rents. It's being able mm-hmm. to live comfortably and just do what you want to do and not to be be a slave to money.
1: No, (laughs) that's that's what it means to me. That's a great answer. You know, to be able to do what you want to do and not have to be concerned about where the money's coming from, to be able to enjoy your life. And this doesn't mean going by a mansion or traveling all around the world, be able to enjoy yourself and do what you want to do without that stress that comes along with knowing, okay, am I outside of my budget? Am I going to be able to do that? That's financial success to you. Mm And and Mm -hmm. the word I think of is freedom. That's financial freedom at that point.
0: Yes. So,
1: Joe, you've been an awesome Mm -hmm. guest, man. You have been an awesome guest. And thank you so much for being on. I'll put all your contact information in the show notes. Thanks for listening, guys. God bless. Congratulations, guys. You've officially made it to the disclosure portion of the show. I'm an investment advisor representative of securities offered through Bertha Fisher & Company, Financial Services, Inc., bfcfs member Fenris dash sipc homes financial is independent of bfcfs thanks and have a blessed week